0: Welcome to the re brought to you by the Children's Rehabilitation Institute Teleton USA.
1: Hey, this is Laura. And this is Natalie. We're two therapists who work at CRIT, the Children's Rehabilitation Institute Teleton USA.
0: We wanted to provide the community with an outlet for their stories and resources and for families they may not have access or know how to begin. We hope that through these interviews, we can continue to serve our families and the pediatric therapy community with knowledge and education from a distance.
1: Join us as we speak with some of our patients and their families about their diagnosis and discuss how CRIT has helped them navigate their unique challenges. Thanks for listening.
0: This episode was recorded in October. Things may have changed since this recording. Enjoy. So October seems to be a lot of people's favorite months. The weather's getting colder. Um, fall decorations start coming out. Laura, do you have a couple favorite aspects of October?
1: I love the fall, like you're saying. I love the weather. I'm just super excited. I have a little seven-month-old, and we're going to dress her up this year for Halloween, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And I know COVID has really changed a lot of what we're doing, but she's only seven months. She's not going to eat candy anyway, so (laughs) we just walk around, make her look cute, and hopefully um, take some good pictures. But other than that, obviously football, football's yes. exciting, um, good food, I feel like it's it's you know gearing up for the holidays, so all of the above. Yes,
0: my family has a lot of birthdays and friends with birthdays this month, so it's just, I don't know, it's like that last stretch of the year, so it's just fun. I really, really enjoy October, uh, but along with October is actually Rett Syndrome Awareness as well as World Cerebral Palsy Day. Um, they're two very, very different diagnoses. One thing when I first came to Create I didn't realize how uh, everybody presented so differently in our community here at CREAT. And so each of these present with their own challenges. So today we've invited some of our families. We have families here that will open up and share their experiences and what has helped them thus far and how Create is able to continue to provide education and keep moving forward.
1: Definitely. I'm super excited for these interviews. Um, uh, personally, you know, before this, I know it's said I'd primarily been in the adult um, community and I had never um, experienced or had that experience with someone with, with Rett syndrome. So um, that first experience that I have was here at CRIT. And, um, and I'm just really excited to hear what they have to say. Um, so a little bit more on RETS, uh, according to the National Organization for Rare Disorders, The incidence of Rett syndrome is in the U.S. is estimated between one and ten thousand girls, and even more rare cases for boys. So it's just very, very rare for this to come up. And like I said, my first experience, even though I had been in pediatric um, home health, I'd never uh, been with a patient that had Rett syndrome. Um, It is a very rare genetic neurological disorder that occurs mostly, like I said, most exclusively in girls that leads to severe impairments, affecting nearly every aspect of their life, their ability to speak, walk, eat, and even breathe easily. And some of the hallmark, Rett syndrome is near constant repetitive hand movements. Uh, Rett syndrome is usually recognized in children between 6 to 18 months. And as they begin to miss some of their developmental milestones or possibly lose some of the abilities that they've already gained um, before then. Our first guest will be Olivia and Cruz Ortiz by phone speaking about their lovely daughter, Graciela. They have made their mark on San Antonio and Texas in more ways than one, serving as board members for local nonprofits, as well as holding chairs to organizations such as the Child Welfare Board. They are both former educators who really continue to educate, but now instead of a classroom, it's in the community. They share their experience with their child and what resources they have to guide them through their journey as a family with special needs. Also, how you can get involved as a parent to make a difference in the disability community in the long run. Hope you enjoy.
0: You are listening to The Re-Eval brought to you by CRIT.
1: Activists, artists, and CEOs, educators, these are some common words that you hear from the San Antonio community. But to our community here at CRIT, um, y'all are the proud parents of a beautiful young lady. Could you tell us a little bit about her?
2: Graciela is 12, well, about to be 12. Um, we're about a month away, and we're excited for her. She's becoming a young lady or a preteen, and we can see it every day when she rolls her eyes at things. Um, <laughs> and thank you for calling her
0: beautiful, because that is one of the adjectives that we hear across the
2: board ever since she was a baby. I mean, I get stopped in the store to, to say how beautiful she is. Um, and what else? She loves Star Wars, all things sci-fi with her daddy.
3: Yeah, she's definitely a Trekkie, you know. <laughs> nerd. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, we, you know, we're, we're very blessed to have her in our lives. We always talk about how she literally saved our lives and gives us incredible direction uh, and focus in our lives that I think there's just no, I can't ever think of anything ever like something similar like that ever happening except for Graciela so she's just amazing and uh, we're just super proud of her and every day she just uh, surprises us with just more amazingness
4: and then
2: thank you for your introduction to who Olivia and Cruz Routiz are but going off of what Cruz was saying we are all those things because of uh, because of Graciela. We fight every day because of her, um, and that's my inspiration. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, it's why we,
3: we get so involved with you know everything is because you know we constantly are thinking about you know how can we affect um,
2: this community I,
3: yeah, in, in like, a positive way. Right, not just like taking care of her every day, but there's also like we think of all the other ret girls. Uh, and all the other special needs children that, you know, need, need another voice to stand up for them. And so
4: mm-hmm.
2: that are denied Medicaid and all these other things that happen in our government. And it's we want the best for our children, like all parents.
3: Yeah. So that's sort I mean, obviously crit comes in
2: mm-hmm.
3: when we found crit. It was like,
2: so you know, holistic.
3: Yeah. Well, it's, it was a godsend and just like, Whoa!
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and holistic in the sense that, you know, you have a behavioral team on staff that counsels families. I thought that was amazing. Um, having a neurologist on staff, having, a, you know, a primary care physician on staff. It's just, it's an, an incredible experience that I, you know, when did we get into crit? At eight, I guess maybe, yeah. that I had never seen before. Um, the PT even now in telehealth is, ex- is extensive. It's just a community that we haven't seen in San Antonio. And I don't think th- the nation.
3: Yeah. I was going to say about, you know, their responsive approach mm-hmm. to uh, care is just, you know, top of the line. In fact, when you go to crit, you'll notice, <laughs> I- I've noticed, I mean, cause we've gone years, but na- now, you know, I always I make it a point to look at all the license plates. In the parking lot, because you'll notice license plates everywhere. You know, as far as you know, Michigan, Florida, you name it. They're they're all coming to to at least you know get seen or just spend one week or you know two days at Crit, and it's just you know that kind of you know care is you know it's it's a great testament to what you know what Crit offers.
2: um, we are so thankful and blessed. You know, she did have some setbacks, of course, with seizures, and, and she regresses a little bit, but CRIT is always there supporting her and supporting us through those regressions. Um, and it's amazing to see when she regains her skills or surpasses them through, of course, her hard work, but, but the entire team, CRIT and parents and, and providers alike. Yeah, that brings up also, you
3: know, thinking about that too, is that, you know, being a parent of special needs, you, you go through lots of doctors. I mean, okay. we've gone to Houston, Austin, over the state, and uh, but one thing remains the same is CRIT. And so because of that, you get, you know, real documentation of progress and you get to see the scope of things that have been going on with her care and, you know... Crit has always been there throughout those things. And so that's another thing, you know, just the idea of record record keeping or documentation uh, of what she's done, what she's done in the past. Uh, I mean, we, we always find, as special these parents, that, you know, keeping track of records is so difficult. And so, you know, part of that, you know, it's just nice to have someone else on your team, you know, to help document.
1: Yeah, I mean honestly that was one of the main reasons that this facility in general I'm I'm not from San Antonio but just having that like you said holistic care and really providing a full body and mental spiritual um, guidance for some of these parents and, and really providing a holistic service for um, for the community that we serve. So I totally agree and it's really really nice to hear, you know, from a parent aspect because y'all have been coming here. You said since she was eight years old and I I actually have um, been blessed with the ability to work. Or maybe 2009,
2: uh, maybe she was nine. I I remember it was shortly after her diagnosis.
1: I was just going to ask because we we said a little bit about it. And for some people that aren't too familiar, how would you describe Rutt syndrome for them?
2: Um, The easiest way I can explain it is that she is in our world. It used to be on the autism spectrum, believe it or not, because there are they have a lot of similarities, you know, um, nonverbal, um, you know, apraxia, things like that. But unlike autism, ret girl or ret children, because there are boys that are um, that have this as well. Um, ret children are completely in our world, so they're cognitively aware and are just trapped, sadly. Um, you know, we're always amazed. And she kind of, again, rolls her eyes at us. But, like, <laughs> when we learn something new that she knows this summer, we found out she knows her multiplication tables. And my 21 year old uh, was screaming as she was testing her and going through. And García is just kind of like, whatever, she's going to be. So, things like that's the easiest way I can explain, right? And, of course, it's a, we don't like to say degenerative but they lose their skills and um, as the years go on or as the disease progresses um, typical lifespan is early 20s though there are some women in their 40s um, so it's just it's one of those things Yeah, every day means the world to us yes <laughs>
3: that's no very definitely.
2: Um, and we're very hopeful that The cure is around the corner, like they've been saying, and that it is approved and distributed in her lifetime.
1: Yeah, definitely. I know, I mean, just knowing Graciela from coming into the clinic, I've worked with her a couple of times, um, and just speaking to Jose, her primary therapist, it was really funny um, because I didn't know too much about Graciela, and he was like, oh, she'll come in, and he's like, if she's really not feeling it. Definitely put on Grease. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, she loves Grease. And so ever since then, like, I I just know her as, like, the Grease girl. And so I love Grease. It's, like, one of my favorite movies. So anytime she'd come in, they'd put on Grease, and she just lit up. And in general, like, I know we said she's a beautiful girl, but in general, just, like, her smile... And her ability to like capture the room with, with the grease music on, I feel like the entire gym is having a better time with her in there. So it's just really funny to, to, to see everything else and, and see how well she's progressed. Um, and yeah, Jose has told me that, you know, telehealth has its challenges, I think for everybody, but I'm really happy to hear that, that you feel like, you know, she's still getting what she needs even though we're doing it from a distance now. So it's really good.
2: Yes, no, we, we really do. Um... Of course, we miss the amazing gym, robotics, aquatics, um, you know, just having those
0: manipulatives
2: at hand. Um, but it is what it is, and it's important to keep her safe and to keep
1: the crit family safe. So, Yeah, for sure. And you said that um, she came in shortly after her diagnosis, so around eight or nine years old. How did you hear about crit?
2: I actually just kind of heard about it through the radio and I think um, the special needs Facebook group that I'm a part of. And I called, you know, I called that, that day, I think when the they opened applications, we were waitlisted for, I don't know, I think it opened in May and we were in that year in November. So whatever year y'all opened really. So we were very fortunate to to get on the wait list. <laughs> yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, I think we're coming up, what, on our sixth year anniversary next week, actually. So um, y'all probably got in right away. So that's really, that's really really good to hear. And it, honestly, just the community, I know you spoke a little bit about being on the Facebook group, but um, just kind of doing a little bit of research, I know that you're part of other communities here in town to continue to advocate for um, the disability community. So in general, just super, super appreciative of your voice and your platform using it for... You know all the good that is needed here in San Antonio.
2: We've been gala chairs for kinetic kids which is an awesome organization that you know provides extracurriculars. Um, I was on the Eva's hero board um, and that helps with with individuals with disabilities from 14 through adulthood and most currently I was just accepted onto the baby can board which is an amazing organization. And that's kind of always where you start when you you realize my child is, is different and has special needs. Where do I start? That's where.
1: Um, and I know you said like eight years old, nine years old is around the time that she had uh, that diagnosis. What, when did you notice something was different?
2: Uh, oh God, um, a year old I noticed. <laughs> but at the time, you know, doctors didn't really I don't want to say they didn't believe me but it was oh well children develop at at different times you know you can't compare children that whole uh conversation but as you mentioned you know we were educators in our past careers so i had that early education background and i knew she wasn't meeting those milestones um and so at 15 months old without a diagnosis I found a one-on-one school for her, one-to-one therapy. And if I can tell parents anything, early intervention is key. I think that's the reason she has excelled as much as she has before even receiving the diagnosis. Uh, Cruz and I talk about this all the time. If we had had the diagnosis as a baby, I don't think we would have pushed her as hard. We would have been like, okay, well, that's what you can do. I think parents need to always have
4: a high,
2: yeah,
3: high bar, high, high expectations on your child. Are huge, and I think don't underestimate them ever. Uh, they they are so incredibly capable of so much, and we just you know don't understand it sometimes. It's just allowing them to you know to really uh,
0: take off is so important. And again, that's, that's what it does as well, is that, you know, all those different facilities uh, that they offer, you know, really enable the child to, you know, see what the possibilities
3: are. So that's, that's all we want, our possibilities.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then current Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's such an interesting perspective because I feel like, you know, we try to advocate as much as possible that ECI is just, you know, early childhood intervention is just super, super important for really any diagnosis Um, because like you said, you're able to kind of hone in on what may be needed or what's focused on best. But I am, you know, super grateful that you were able to um, notice those changes, or you know, maybe the lack of, and then work from there with that one on one care. Because when I came into Crittsman, but a couple of years now, um, like I said, I just feel like you do see the progression with um, children, I'd say pediatrics versus like geriatrics, because you uh, are able to grow with them. So, like, with someone like Jose, who has been uh, Graciela's primary for quite some time. He always says that he's, yeah, he's just like, I've seen her grow up into a young lady and, and I see all this progress. And so, um, when she does have those bouts of, uh, seizure activity or slight regression, you know, it takes a toll on, on everyone. And I feel like, uh, that's one great thing that I've taken from crit is that it really is a family. And so he's just very involved and everyone tries to stay very involved in the care of the people we serve. So, um, really happy to hear that.
2: Yes, we are very thankful for the Kurt community. Um, you know, always let us know what we can do to to help with fundraising or whatever. We're we're diehards, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just brought that up. So I know a couple years back, maybe about two years ago, we have Fiesta, which hopefully one day Fiesta will be back. But <laughs> y'all created an awesome medal with Graciela on there, and it is literally my favorite medal in all my stash. So. Um, we really always appreciate, um, anything that's donated, but just the artwork that's put into the thought and really it's just super cool to, for people that weren't able to purchase it. It's, um, Graciela, I think holding a flag of possibly our Crip pig (laughs) and then the wheel move, which is really, really nice. I just, it was just such an interesting idea and I super, super love it. So thanks again for really everything that you do for us here at Crip.
2: Oh, we wish we could do more. Know, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. And y'all, you touched slightly, like, just a little bit on kind of some words of advice for families out there. But do y'all have, like, any resources that you would um, be willing to provide for someone that might be going through the similar situation?
3: I mean, I feel, I feel like, you know, Olivia belongs to those. of those. Something we always notice, you know, like Facebook pages are super, I think, helpful. Uh, to find specific, you know, families that are dealing with the same thing. Uh, families sharing stuff is so important. Even like dads or moms groups, you know, those are always helpful. Because um, you know, there's a big thing like with parents. You, sometimes you feel like you're alone. I know that there's times we felt like that,
2: and and sometimes we still feel like that. You know, um, where you feel kind of isolated. But I guess going back just to any baby can, like, that's where I turned to at the very beginning. You know, I didn't know how to navigate medical insurance for her. I didn't know how to navigate medical management, period. So I think that helped a lot because it can be overwhelming. Definitely. It's a job in itself to, to manage her care. So... I think I think that resource is so important to parents, and um, and having parental allies, right, that understand the ups and the downs and the pitfalls, and and I think that uh, yeah, I think those would be the resources. I'm trying to think of any others that well, we rely on. I
3: also, you know, we which we've done in the past is. If we get blocks on different, you know, trying to get things done, you know, we'll call city officials. We'll call directly Uh, state
2: officials.
3: (laughs) We literally get on the phone and we have got, I mean, I remember Olivia one time we were at an event. She had several uh, state officials in front of her. And, you know, of course, I like to, you know, dramatize. Damn, man. It was amazing to see her, you know literally telling these men this is what you this is my daughter and this is what i need you all to do and it was really cool to see that you know and i think that also is something that we try to tell parents it's like you know get involved in that decision policy making process Um, because you know honestly that's how you get things rolling is by making sure because a lot and that's a lot another thing too a lot of special needs parents are just so busy with stuff like it's hard to get that but but i think you know and because of that you know a lot of people in policy making positions don't know that we're out there like they're like oh well you know i got other things to worry about. i'm like no 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 we are part of the community you have a job to do
2: and there are some great ones i have to give kudos yeah, to diego bernal lloyd doggett um beth o'rourke every time i see him ask rossiella by name how is she doing you know, there there are amazing officials. The Castros, of course, always ask about Grac- Graciela. Um, so I think, yeah, just really being involved in the process is, I think, can take us further than we've ever imagined, if we could just organize. But, I mean, that goes into another topic of, of special needs parents even being afraid to do that. Um, so, we'll have to have another podcast
1: on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you, I mean, you all both said it perfectly just finding um, and advocating the source, right? That's, I mean, we need to change what's happening at the source of everything to provide the benefits and what's needed for the disability community, honestly. And I mean, you said it again perfectly with having a child with special needs. I can only imagine it really is another job to um, book these appointments with multiple doctors present. And and then on top of that, caring for their insurance. So um, I think those are like the best words that you could say to parents is really just not being intimidated and, and advocating as much as you p- possibly can, you know what I mean? Um, and I can totally see that being, for myself, I mean, I'm a new mom, I have a seven month old, so I couldn't see yeah, myself, like, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I couldn't imagine, doing as much as y'all do, and that's why I said we are just super appreciative for what you do for the community as a whole, really, um, but for the disability community, and I really think that um, parents could learn a lot from your story, and I'm so, so grateful for your time. I know y'all are really, really busy, and these are funky times, (laughs) but... I am just so appreciative, (laughs) so appreciative of your kind words. I know Crit's mission here is really to provide a world that's inclusive to all, right, all abilities and all resources, so um, we're just fortunate to have y'all here in the community to help us with with those with disabilities, so I really appreciate it, and thank you so much for your time. I don't know if y'all have anything else that y'all want to add.
2: Um, Just for the parents out there that are intimidated, maybe, you know, they feel like they shouldn't say anything back to doctors. A friend of mine said that I'm like a bull in a china cabinet and I love that so don't ever be afraid to be a bull in a china cabinet when it comes to your child yeah question
3: those doctors for sure I think that's you know or just you know address what you're thinking don't be afraid to you know to like well I just felt like I sh- they weren't going to listen and I think that's something that you know we've we've struggled even with ourselves like Olivia says like you just gotta be that
2: bull in the so I love cool. it. A friend of mine, a friend of my, a friend I do that. love that. I do. It, <laughs> it, it, that's the only way with a special needs child.
1: Yeah, having that—I don't know—that parent intuition is what people say. So it, you're totally right in saying that you know your child best, and and yeah. Graciela is very fortunate to have parents like y'all who did question and and really find out what's going on with her, and she's really such a beautiful child. So we're really grateful to have her here at Crip.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Yeah. Thanks again so much for your time. And I'll let y'all go because I know y'all are very busy, but again, really appreciate it. Y'all have a good day. You, you too. too. Thanks. Thanks. Oh, thank you. Bye. That was Olivia and Cruz who could not have said it any better. Be that bull in a China cabinet, ask the hard questions and above all, advocate for your child. Olivia had mentioned that children with rats are nonverbal. So how exactly do you find that motivating factor for someone who may not be able to express their wants or likes? For Graciela, it was jamming to grease lightning, and for that reason, next on the show, we'll have Dr. Physical Therapy, Daniel Millar, sharing some tips and tricks to keep your child motivated with their therapy.
4: Yeah, I would say that's the biggest difference between working with adults and working with kids. You see, my job as a physical therapist is to get people moving and generally get them stronger. Now, with adults, I can put down a timer and tell them to do 10 sit-ups or 20 squats, but kids aren't always as responsive to commands. You have to find ways to engage them and motivate them. That's what makes my job a little bit harder, but also a lot more fun. So for example, if I want my kid out to put weight through their arms, then maybe I would have toy buzzers on the table and have them push on them to make a sound. Or if I want to work on sitting balance, I could help support them in sitting while they toss a balloon around with their sibling. And most recently in my telemedicine visits, I can share my screen and play a fun song to dance to or use a pinwheel app to choose between different activities to play with. I think my biggest advice is to use toys that you know your child likes and just have fun with them. The more fun they'll having, the more engaged they'll be.
0: Next up on the show, I will be interviewing Kimberly, Damian's mom, as they discuss their journey at Create Navigating a life through a 10-year-old's eyes with cerebral palsy, how the community still has so much room to grow, what's life like at school, and advice in general for those going through the same journey. You are listening to the re brought to you by CRIT. CRIT is all about education and inclusion. With World Cerebral Palsy Day on October 6th, we have a lot of patients at CRIT with cerebral palsy. While we work with our patients, a huge aspect of CRIT is teaching our parents and families as much as we can to help their child. Education is something we want to make sure that our families are a part of so that they can go home or out in the community and continue to make progress and meet those goals, even though they're not with their therapist. So today we have Kimberly, who is mom, of Damien, with us to provide a parent aspect of being involved at CRIT. Now they're definitely not tune to CRIT at all. So... Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about Damien?
5: Yes, absolutely. Um, Damien is my 10-year-old son. He has spastic diplegia, which is a form of cerebral palsy. He has been with Crete since uh, the inauguration here in San Antonio, although he did attend Crete in Guadalajara, Mexico beforehand. Um, And my son is very unique. What uh, he has is it affects more his physical development, so he is... Just like the rest of us able to have any type of conversation, what he needs is equipment to help him get around, whether it's a walker or a stander or a wheelchair, in order to do the same activities the rest of us do.
0: Definitely. I work with Damien and TR and I can definitely attest that he is probably one of the smartest kids I've ever worked with, no doubt. What other services do you receive at Crit other than TR?
5: At the moment, Damien is receiving occupational therapy to help him with his daily living skills as well as physical therapy, which has a combination of whether it's the pool or the robot or just gym. He did used to receive speech therapy, although that was discontinued around age six as he has mastered it and moved on.
0: Awesome. Uh, So y'all have been around with Crip for a while, and I know probably starting therapy can sound like this big scary thing. Um, but you guys have eased right into it. So thinking back to your first time at Create, what were some of the initial goals that you were hoping for Damien?
5: Overall, our main goal has not changed since the beginning, which is to help our son become independent and be the best representation of himself in the world. However, within small particular goals, it would be things just learning how to pull up a zipper or to button his clothes or to pull himself to stand up from sitting by himself or to be able to eat uh, with utensils. So the initial goals at the beginning, although might have been broad of becoming independent, each little particular aspect that we work with him is to work towards that goal. Gotcha,
0: that's a lot and I know you guys have uh... Worked on worked hard over the last couple of years for them for sure. Have any of those goals progressed into even um, even harder goals to accomplish?
5: Absolutely, I think goal setting is very important as it helps us to focus on where we want Damien to be. At the moment, I try to picture my son, even though he's ten, where do I want him to be when he's twenty six? and I want him to go to college and hold down a job. Therefore, every single small aspect of his therapy is making sure he can be independent enough to handle this accomplishment.
0: What do you think one of the biggest goals is that Damien has accomplished since being at Crete?
5: His biggest goal is really walking. Um, At the very beginning, he needed a lot of help to move around and needed assistance from other individuals. Um, And now, with the help of a walker, he is walking independently. He is able to transition himself into his vehicle to get into the van. We are still working on getting out, so there are things to work on. But his independence level has grown phenomenally.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, As a parent, how do you think Kurt has prepared and helped you through Damien's journey through life with cerebral palsy?
5: Crete has helped us tremendously. From the very beginning, they provided this atmosphere of inclusion that you do not see anywhere else. And when you feel that, feeling welcome and normal as if we were part of mainstream society, it gave us that yearning desire to make the rest of the world the same. So Crete has really made us understand how to get better to adapt to the world, but also how to educate the world to adapt to us.
0: Definitely. You talked a lot about it um, a second ago about simply learning to use utensils to eat, getting in and out of a car. How else have you uh, learned through Crete for those everyday skills and activities?
5: is with us every day from the morning the alarm goes off. Um, We are still working on putting on his socks, his braces, his shoes, his clothing to get ready for school with time limits. Um, Independently, it takes him a lot of time to get things done and he needs verbal reinforcement to stay on task as well as breaking things down into steps. His therapists are there to help us with these goals, um, help us maintain standing positions so he can brush his teeth uh, for him to get into the shower, the tub, and be able to have a wider range of reach so he can wash his own hair. Um, so, these little steps are really what's helping him get better.
0: Uh, World Cerebral Palsy Day is all about inclusion and community involvement. Uh, I know you guys are extremely involved in so much of Damien's life. Uh, how do you all stay involved in the community outside of grade?
5: Well, the first involvement I think I got involved with myself was with his school. He does spend an extraordinary amount of time at school beyond Crete. Um, So my first involvement as a parent was getting into the PTA. Um, I've stayed very actively involved to the point that I am the president at his local elementary school and it has helped the relationship of the school, understanding him and him being well to navigate the school so much better. Um, But as a family, we are definitely involved, whether in organizations for recreation for him, as well as we do have another child. Um, So it's important to stay in these organizations, keep everyone active, as all of us are worthy of our own independent activities. Even my husband is a mariachi and is involved in the mariachi community here in Mexico, in San Antonio, involving both sides. And I think it's important for all of us to have our tasks, as well as to keep coming together.
0: That's awesome. Um, what other organizations are y'all involved with in the community? I think, I know Damien does Connecticut Kids. Um, what else do y'all engage in?
5: Absolutely. Connecticut Kin- Kids is one of our favorites among with Crete, since it gives them a team. Uh, we are also involved with Special Reach. Um, I think that is also a great organization that has helped us um, throughout our years here. We have done um, other different things. For example, our Um, as far as Damien is involved, um, with school, he has done choir afterhand in order to stay after, um, he has been part of a Spanish reading club, um, so where he would read books in Spanish and converse with his friends. Um, I can't think of any other organizations that we are involved (laughs) with at this time.
0: (laughs) I'm always impressed when I hear families of how engaged they are and also, um, he gets to utilize his own skills to advocate for himself and we love that. Um, So you talked a lot about school. Uh, I imagine that could be a bit of a struggle, but now that Damien is getting older, have y'all had any conversations or come across challenges within the community or at school that has made it difficult for Damien to engage or stay involved in?
5: Yes, I think although we as a society are trying to become more inclusive, we have so much to go And at the moment, uh, in his school district, for example, within physical education, there is still a line, a divide between those who are special needs and those who they call general population. Although Damien does spend all of his time with general population, Uh, it's more of a lack of knowledge. Um, Everyone is eager to learn more, but until we know how to adapt things, a lot of times he is getting left out and he is falling through the cracks through no ill will, just lack of knowledge. Um, For example, in physical education, our district does showcases every year. However, because Damien doesn't have the mental disability to qualify for Special Olympics. He doesn't take part in any physical education activity on his campus.
0: Oh, wow. Um, Have y'all ever had any other struggles or challenges within the school, um, in the classroom?
5: Absolutely. Um, Damien is a fall risk. He is learning to become independent and needs a walker, and it seems kind of crazy to say, but it was a fight to get school to let him to use the walker. Um, I guess from a liability standpoint, I can understand where they're thinking. However, leaving my child to be sitting down in a wheelchair all day is completely against what we're trying to help him do and to become independent. So it has been a struggle to get everyone to realize if we want to educate the whole child, his physical therapy also should be part.
0: Definitely. Uh, So what advice would you give to other families parents who are trying to figure out how to help their child with cerebral
5: palsy? My greatest advice is to become involved. Um, I've heard a lot from other special needs families. Sometimes the best decision for your child means not the easy path for your family. And I think as a family, you do have to make those decisions together. Where do you want to see your child at age 26? You need to start now to get them there because it takes them longer. And the more involved you are, the more their child is just going to do better.
0: And uh, my last question is, uh, how do you think CRIT has helped you come to that advice?
5: I think CRIT has given us the life skills. First, it offered us that vision of what it would like to truly have an inclusive world and that vision will not leave my mind. So, and I think it has been the driving force for us to realize we need to keep going. Um, I've taken my kids and we have gone to Austin and we have rallied when there's been legislature changes. I want them involved on the laws that will affect them.
0: That's very powerful. Uh, Definitely a big advocate and education force for not just CREIT, but the community as well. And we thank you so much for stopping by and uh, we can't wait to see you continue to grow and meet your goals as you continue your journey at CRIT and throughout
5: life. I thank you very much for having us here. We appreciate it. Thanks,
0: guys. You are listening to The re brought to you by CRIT. I think this episode was nothing but powerful and inspiring. Um, we talked a lot about advocating and empowering yourself and just being able to provide as many educational opportunities to not just our patients but our families, our parents, and, of course, those that are listening right now.
1: And I really feel like a lot of the families, um, you know, showed me that as a lesson because they're, you know, they're sitting there advocating for their families and advocating for themselves um, and really just trying to find what's best um, in the situation that we are right now. It's kind of crazy with COVID and everything else, but this isn't. Um, this isn't just a short season of their lives. This is something that they deal with all the time. So I feel like we can just continue learning from them. We are a nonprofit, so, uh, we not do anything that we do without your support. So please visit us at critusa.org for more information on our organization, as well to find the link to
0: donate. We would love to hear your feedback. As mentioned, we're a podcast that serves you. So we're gonna reserve the final portion of each episode to hear from you. You can also email us with your questions or just any topics you'd like to cover. Please email us at podcast at critusa.org. Thanks guys. For more information about the reeval, please visit critusa.org. Thank you for listening. The information presented on this podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice. Please continue to follow the recommendations of your physician and or other healthcare providers. Please refer to your physician prior to initiating any modifications to your current healthcare regimens.